Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the Witching Hour. Yes, the Witching Hour, when the veil is thin and magic happens. This week's magic is a beautiful, wonderful, witchy author by the name of Lissa McSherry. And she's going to talk about her new book, The Witch's Guide to Crafting Your Practice. Create a magical path that works for you. So, but before I bring on Lisa, where's Patty? Because you know, I say it every week, if I don't tell you, I don't look it up, and then I don't know where I am. And I can't tell you how many mornings I wake up lately not knowing where I am. I know that sounds bad, but it doesn't. (laughs) I just like, "Mm, Chicago, Missouri. But where I am right now, in this second, if you are listening to this, the week we first drop, which is the week of Monday, September 19th, Oh my gosh, the year is almost over. I just got back from PEX Experience, Paranormal Experience in Virginia City. I am sure it was fabulous, fabulous. I'm actually taping this a few days before, but I'm psychic. I know these things. It was fabulous. And I'm only here for a couple days and I'm leaving for Boston area to Orange, Massachusetts and Catonia, Symposium Catonia, which is a very beautiful, witchy, magical three days in this 1800s amazing home in Orange, Massachusetts. And if you want this witchy kind of Hecate, um, Bill Cullen, Sal Santoro, magical weekend there's probably a couple spots left so go on contact me email me go onto my website go onto any of my social media and join me for magic in massachusetts we're going to be tromping through graveyards and learning magical positive ways to uh, create your life the way you want it before i leave tuesday's class tuesday class at university magicus i am teaching protection magic because we all need protection, whether it's from the crazy world going on, paranormal investigations, or we're doing a little dowsing on the side and talking to grandma. Protection Magic, um, universitymagicus.com. Then I'm coming home, and then next week is going to be a closer trip. The first weekend of October, Orange County Paracon, the very first ever. My friend Henry, um, It's right in Anaheim, Disneyland World, Orange County Paracon. He's bringing in major people and fun people. I'm going to be doing seances. So you Southern California people don't even have to travel. Join us. And everybody else who isn't local, come, because then you can go to Disneyland too. And the next weekend, the 7th and 8th, since I'm now into traveling every week, is Vulture City, Arizona. Again, Jay and Marie Yates, they're bringing in everybody. Usually it's kind of West Coast people go, but they are bringing in um, everybody. So an, another fabulous haunted town in the middle in Wickenburg, Arizona. So join us this week in Massachusetts, next week in Orange County, California, and the week after that in Vulture City, Arizona. And after that, I'll just have to tell you next week, I can only do so much at a time. Um, I do want to announce something else that you can have on Wednesday. And every Wednesday, don't forget, we have the grand new Witches Movie Coven. Yep. This is different than the witching hour. This is just for fun. And this is all about movies. And I have two of the best with me, Heather Green, who wrote 
literally the book, the Bible about witches in movies, and Jason Mankey. You probably know them both from my show. I love them. They are fun. They are funny. And they know everything about movies. And this one is live. You can go to it to my YouTube. You can go to Facebook. And you could tell us what you like, what you think, what you agree with, what you disagree with in real time. So Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. No, I was, I almost had the, U. oh, eight, 2 a.m. UK. Yeah, 2 a.m. UK. Join us live for the Witches Movie Coven. I'm very excited about that. Other than that, that's all I know. I am right here, right now, this moment in time. That's where Patty is. Hi, everybody. Guess what time it is? Yes. It's time for the really tall today Willow Report. It's because I set her on a desk drawer and I set her on a pillow, just seeing if we could get her in the camera view a little bit more. Well, she's still not paying any attention to camera, but you could see her better. But she has not done that obligatory yawn yet. Oh, no, this could be a first in so many ways. Anyway, what today? Gracie is sleeping somewhere. Again, she's the baby. We don't get her every week, and it still is the Willow Report. Willow still demands top billing at all times. But today's Willow's report is about, I guess you'd call it the benefits of being Willow, the benefits of being a Hollywood dog. Um, we've talked about how she was only eight weeks old when she made it on Getty Images for the very, there's our yawn, that's my baby. Never disappoint. Um, Getty Images, and then she did again with that Lisa Vanderpump. But the other thing that this town that you get, we're into um, award season. What is the awards right now? It's Emmy. And they do this thing they call gifting suites. I'm lucky enough to get invited to some of them. I don't get invited to the ones where they give you $10,000 watches and new cars. But I can get I get invited to, oh, more young, to some really fun ones. But what was so fun this time is that people knew who Willow was. Willow got mentioned by name, which has been happening lately. It happened last week in Chicago and in Missouri when I was on tour with Elton and Corey and the Overnight guys. Um, I, and nothing makes me happier, not when people go, hi, Patty, it's great to meet you. And they go, hi, Patty, how's Willow? How's Grace? How's the new kitten? Yes. But neither here nor there. Let me get back to what we're talking about. Gifting suites. There was a beautiful theme in the gifting suite I went to yesterday, and it was a pet theme. So all of a sudden, this starts out with Grace. There's this company called, I don't know what it's called, Cat Lures, and all these fabulous cat toys, cat things for baby Grace. And then that is not to be left enough. There's this other called company, Packages of Swag for Kitties and Doggies. Look at this, Paw Play, custom-made toys and Dora got swag. Dora got, oh, I have to stop that. I just called her Dora. Oh, well, Dora's the dead dog who lives here in spirit, who teaches Willow who she's doing. If we don't cut this out, we do that sometimes. It was her predecessor. She was the movie star before Willow. It was Dora. Sometimes we accidentally call Willow Dora. Yeah, but she's Willow. But anyway, I got to go people who knew Willow's name, who gave us fabulous Lily toys, um, cat toys, dog toys. It's too hard to move everything around. I'd be pulling dog swag. 
Emmy gifting suite with a puppy theme. What could be better in life than that? Anyway, there is some benefits to being the willow, I guess. That's the willow report. We have new toys because we might be a little spoiled. Now we look into the camera. Oh yeah, what's in here? What's in here, Willow? Okay, for this week's magic and spell work, we're going to talk about dolls. I don't know of anything bigger than right now than dolls, especially haunted dolls. Haunted dolls have never been bigger on eBay, on everywhere you go. Everybody wants one. Everybody apparently has one. So there's more to life than haunted dolls. Haunted dolls are great. I must say, my little bell there, you if you've ever watched me and see her moving around in the back, she is great. If you do want to get a haunted doll like her, um, just be careful because just like with spirits, with ghosts, you don't want a bad haunted doll. You don't want an evil haunted doll. As fun as that sounds, it's not fun. You might have a mischievous haunted doll and that's great. And again, when I first got her, somebody saw me on um, actually Ghost Adventures, uh, Deadly Possessions, and I was with Peggy the doll, the very, very haunted, who gives people heart attacks, Peggy the doll, and they figured if I could handle Peggy, I could handle Belle, so they sent me Belle. She had such a bad spirit in her, I didn't want my hair to fall out like the girl who had her, so I banished the evil spirit. She was still a haunted doll, this beautiful little girl spirit came out. So I still have a haunted doll, but it's not anybody's going to make me sick, my dog sick, my husband sick, my cat sick, so be very careful. And the biggest warning about haunted dolls is like, use your own intuition. If you're listening to this show or you're into this little world, you probably have a pretty good intuition or you wouldn't be probably watching. If something sounds too good to be true and too perfect of a doll to be true, and they're probably charging too much for it, make sure you really think it's haunted. If you're on eBay and you see somebody listing and they have more haunted dolls than you've ever seen in your life all listed and they're a regular haunted doll seller, be wary, be wary that you're really getting a haunted doll because I'm sorry to say, almost most of the people I know who've got haunted dolls, they weren't haunted at all. I could teach you how to bring a spirit into a doll, so create your own haunted doll. And in all honesty, you're probably with the intuition that most of you have, you're gonna be easier at picking a haunted doll at your local thrift store, Goodwill, out of the closet, or even antique store where you can get some nice antique dolls. So trust your gut, trust your intuition. And then if you do get one that seems to have a spirit attached or you call one in, make sure it's a good spirit. It could be mischievous, yes. It could move things around your house, yes. It could be like Belle, yes. That oh, closes and opens her eyes, moves her head, stares at people, frightens people, enjoys people. Um, but nothing that makes you sick. You don't want sick. And also, like this doll, I've talked about her before. This is Cheryl. This is my friend Cheryl. Um, a friend of mine sent her because she thought Belle needed a friend, so she's named after the girl. I was sitting here teaching my class one day, and I'm looking into the camera like this, teaching whatever. I think I was psychic protection, maybe. And my little Cheryl doll, all of a sudden, moved into frame like this. Now, it wasn't me doing what I'm right now, because both my hands were on camera, on screen. There was nobody else home. I didn't even notice, because I'm talking into my Zoom screen. Other people did notice. I, we could not debunk it, but I'm like, Cheryl's not haunted. 
Cheryl is not haunted. There is no spirit here. But I blew up the video and I actually saw, we could see an orb coming out of my bookcase into the doll, literally moving the doll and then leaving. So remember, it's not always the doll that's haunted. Sometimes it's things moving the thing. Um, and if you were a spirit, why dolls are so good is if you were a spirit and you wanted something to go into, you could go into a bell. Yeah, good, a haunted bell. But how much more fun is it to go into something with eyes and ears and mouth? And I've talked about it in Magical, too, how a lot of people create their, their bone or their familiar out of something with a skull so you could talk to it. You could breathe into it, just like we do with our dragons. But there's a lot of other kind of dolls you could have, too. You could have dolls like Barbie dolls. You can make Barbie dolls magic, classic, glamour Barbie dolls. Yes. Believe me, I have an entire witch's coven of beautiful witchy Barbie dolls of the classic style. I have goddess Barbie dolls. I have movie superhero Barbie dolls. And they could just be dolls that you play with or you display, or you can give them superpowers. Even if that superpower is to remind you that you have superpowers. Maybe Scarlett Johansson over here, who has a great big helm of on, maybe she could remind you how strong you are on days you forget. Maybe Glamour Barbie could remind you, if she's sitting next to your bedside, that you're as glamorous as you choose to be. And then there's puppet dolls. No, this isn't a voodoo doll. This is a magical puppet. Make one for yourself. Stuff it with beautiful things like crystals and moss and magical herbs and oils. This one has my name, so it's me. And if I get a headache, which I don't let myself, but if I get a headache, I stick pins in my doll. It's just like acupressure. My headache goes away. If you have dolls around your house, protective dolls, like kitchen witches, that's like a kitchen witch, but it's not in my kitchen, so it's my office witch. A kitchen witch will, besides keep things from overboiling in your kitchen, it will run all the spirits and fetishes within your house and keep them going. So remember, you have a fairy, bring fairy magic into your life. You have Glenda, you want a little good witch, this is a nice antique Glenda, though I have a Barbie Glenda too. Dolls don't have to be scary, but they can be. They don't have to just be a piece of plastic or porcelain or wood or glass or thing, but they can be. But why not make them magical? You're magical people. You're watching the witching hour. So grab a baby, boys and girls alike. What I like now that everybody likes haunted dolls, starting with Zach Bagans, the first thing he showed me when we were doing the Peggy the Doll seance at the museum, before the museum was a museum, is he showed me his doll collection. How cool is that? So I love that everybody's okay with dolls now. So why not make them magic? Why not empower them to empower you? That's today's magic lesson. Dolls, how cool is that? Hi, everybody. This is Patty Negri. Welcome to the witching hour. Yes, the witching hour. That hour of the day when the veil is thin and magic happens. Usually it's late at night, but now it's whenever you happen to be tuning into this podcast. Yes, podcast. My guest today, my magic today is a witch, a priestess, an author, 
Lisa McSherry. Let me tell you a little bit about Lisa. She is contributed to many magazines, anthologies, and annuals such as Witches and Pagans, New Witch, and Llewellyn's Almanacs. She has led Jaguar Moon Cyber Coven since 2000. First time I've heard that term. She's been featured on many pagan podcasts and is and is the founder of Facing North, an online community resource. For more, you can see her at lisamcsherry.com, and we will get more to that. And she has this beautiful new book. I'm not even sure if it's out or it's coming out. I'm very lucky. A Witch's Guide to Crafting Your Practice. So welcome, Lisa. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. I am so thrilled to have you. I just got your book. I, again, even the, the 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 practice copy, the not yet published copy, and it's beautiful. So so um, you're all the way in Portugal, correct? So mm -hmm. hey, it's a, we'll talk really loud. Um, <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your book. I love the fact that you create a magical path that works for you. It's not like candy coated. So tell us a little bit about that. Well, I created it because I've actually been teaching newcomers to witchcraft basically for the last 20 plus years and over and over and over again what I heard from them was that they're just overwhelmed by the possibility of so much information and getting it wrong uh, lots of worrying about getting it wrong and they were just looking for something structured you know anyone can you can figure almost anything out online if you find the right website and or 20 websites, I guess. Uh, but they just really wanted structure. And so I actually have taken the last 20 years of my training and, well, put part of it, I should say, into this book. This is just the basics. The, what I sort of think of as like the, the core uh, practices that you need to have kind of down as you create your own spirituality. And while my background is witchcraft, it doesn't have to look like witchcraft in the end. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, because I'm looking at it now. You start out with foundation, which is really good. You talk about your book of shadows and your altar and deity. It, it does look like you've really lined it up very nicely. It's like, okay, oh, yeah. Oh, oh there's deity within that. What is magic? Um, so what is the first thing, I mean, tell everybody get your, what is the first thing that you suggest someone do? Okay, I'm new to this, or maybe I've done it for a while, but I don't really know what I'm doing. What do you suggest people like kind of get started with? Start writing it down. It's, it's the absolute foundation. I mean, there are different ways to think about it, but I actually think that if you don't start writing down what you're doing, what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you're noticing, uh, you won't notice the changes and the changes start coming pretty quick if you're paying attention. And uh, it's also a really great way to figure out the stuff that doesn't work for you because you can do things for a while and then be like, hey, no, I've been trying this moving meditation, for example, for a month and I'm not feeling very meditative or calm. Why am I still doing it? Well, if you know that you've been doing it for a month and you've been tracking that, you know, in your book, then you have a better sense of, no, this isn't for me. Let me move on to something else. And it's also useful when you look back six months later, a year later. Uh, when I was younger, I used to have a, a mind that remembered everything. Um, that's pretty unusual. And in a world full of as many distractions as we have, if you don't write it down, you lose it really, really quickly. 
Yeah, I, I, that is true. If it's not like on my Google calendar or written down, I don't, it's not in my brain at all anymore. And it, that was even when I was young. But also what sounds good about, and I didn't, when I started this decades and decades ago, you know, I just kind of fell in through in like we do, but I didn't write it down. So I, what I would love to have something like that, my process, plus in, in my experience, the process of choosing this path, choosing a witchy path, it is about awareness. It is about consciousness of what we're doing, not just going through the life with zombies doing what people tell us to. So you're starting people off on that path. Mm -hmm. so Absolutely. It's, it, it's literally, I think, the most important thing because you. one of the questions I ask people to write in their journal or their book is, why are you doing this? Why are you interested? What What's calling you to something unorthodox outside the normal the liminal. Why do you want to play there? Because that motivation will change. Ah, another good question. Another good question. Um, so then, so that's, and that's, is that your chapter, what you're calling book of shadows? Yeah, basically yeah, it's, it, that's I, what's what I'm talking about in there. There's a little bit of um, how to organize it or how to think about organizing it. Um, with some thoughts about, are you living in a house with other people? So is this something you have to keep private and, or is it going to be something that maybe someone else might see? How do you feel about that? Uh, thinking about um, whether you may ever show it to somebody else, which is a little strange, but, you know, sometimes we do, we want to share information with somebody. So we just say, here, here's the page, go write it down um, or never. And, uh, and of course, there's different ways to think about it, you know, because if you're writing for an audience, you're writing very differently than if you're just writing for yourself. Right. Right. Oh, that's bad. So, yeah. There's also a little bit in there about how to actually make your own ink. Oh, if you want, if you want to get a little crafty, literally crafty with it, it it's kind of fun to, you know, even if you have a store-bought, you know, sketch journal or something like that, making your own ink, which is fairly simple. Really? Um, can actually add a little fun to your situation. And then it's, you can infuse it with your intent or a scent, things like that later on. Well, I'm going to read that first because I wouldn't even have the <laughs> beginning idea of how to make my own ink. <laughs> you go to Office Depot. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, huh? yeah. I'm, I'm a gel pen person myself. So <laughs> I like gels too. <laughs> um, and so then you send people towards the creating an altar, right? Now, is that where you give them thought, like, what is your belief system? Is that starting to create their, or do you set them up elementally or? Uh, actually, I just set them up much more basically than that. I just want them to create a place that they begin to consider sacred. Mm. And the idea is to show up every day, is to go into sacred space every day. And what you define as sacred and what I define as sacred and what is, you know, Joe down the street defines as sacred can be very, very different things, even if we all use the same term of altar. Uh, and so there's a process in there about defining sacred for yourself, which is a step towards defining your beliefs, but it's, it's like zero point as opposed to step one. Um, because I, a lot of what this book is, is I want to encourage the reader to think about what they want to be creating mm -hmm. and in this practice that they're creating because it isn't cookie cutter it shouldn't be cookie cutter 
Um, it's personal. And I actually find that is one of the best things about witchcraft in general. Uh, but it doesn't, again, as I keep saying, it doesn't have to be witchcraft. It's just, I, that's where my playing happens the most. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's whatever, it's a template. That's what I always say it's that you could use a different template, different wording system, but it's, it's the system. Um, so, okay. Those are both really great things. Again, we're journaling, we're writing things down. We're, we're creating sacred space that we go to, which starts a lot. Um, I'm just going through this cause I just got your book. So it's great. So then you talk about deity. So are you kind of introducing de- just different witch gods and goddesses into that? Actually, I stepped you know, even a little bit further off than that. I really tried hard to not get into t- too many names. Uh, I wanted people to think about what their relationship is with deity um, because, quite frankly, most of us came from a different religious origin. You know, I like to say I'm a recovering Catholic. They never let you go. So, okay. Um, but those practices are like imprinted on you. So it's more a step back. What do you what do you think about deities? Is deity a god? Always a god? Does it have to be a god? Uh, I also take the opportunity to talk about the fact that deity doesn't have to have a gender. It doesn't have to be male or female. It doesn't have to be interested in the opposite sex as its you know primary love partner. Uh, and to think about deity as something maybe larger than all of those labels while still using labels because it's labels are how we approach the energy, which is a later chapter, but um, sort of step back for a second. Uh, If your relationship with deity is based on the fact that you're very attracted to storm deities, for example, I am literally making this up. Um, Then (laughs) then you're probably going to go to mythology and be reading stories about those deities. And that might lead you down a certain kind of path of magic or thinking about magic, because that's how you think about your deity. Um, But it's also really important to remember that you can do magic without deity. You just need to be thinking about whether you are or aren't. So it's all kind of wound up in that. Okay. Well, I'm getting the whole concept of this already, which shows me why it is really different than any other beginner setup book than anybody else's. This is really good because usually, and these are our gods, and this is what you do, and this is here. So you're you're making people think. Ah. I'm trying. I'm trying, and I, I'm also trying to step away from sort of the fairly typical, um, you know, god and goddess you know, dual duality or the triple goddess and the dual God or various things. I mean, my own coven actually practices with five different faces of deity, um, three pairs of gendered, you know, male, female uh, for that basically follow the maiden youth, mother lover and crone sage model. But then we have two other faces that we work with, one of which is the warrior and the other is uh, the dark deity, which is genderless and has different lessons to offer. And so my own personal model incorporates a whole lot of different um, aspects and names and energies. That's good. I must say mine too, and it took me a long time to realize that. It's like I'm working – 
again, I am so elemental in my approach with the, this tree spirit. And this spirit's like, oh, did, did I? I forget gods and goddesses. No, we're all gods and goddesses. We got it. It's like, I, so I think there's a little trend that way. So that's okay. <laughs> it's good. It's, we create. Um, so here's a good, cha- and this is a chapter of yours. What is magic? One of my favorite questions anyway. Yeah, I'm, you know, I'm here. I'm actually pretty traditional. I think magic is the ability to reshape reality in conformance with your will. Um, so, you know, thank you. I think Alistair Crowley for saying it the first time. So we just keep repeating it, but it's, but bound up in that is this idea of control. I mean, and I think this is the place where the ability to do magic is so powerful because it's how we reshape, you know, literally our reality, but we do that by changing ourselves. Yeah. And getting in alignment with the energy around us in the natural world. And so we could just give it that little push, you know, it's a little bit of Aikido, just a little nudge. And then things flow a little bit smoother. Things flow a little smoother. We can get a little bit more done. So on and so forth. Um, So, I mean, magic is fun, right? Yeah. Magic is fun. Can't imagine a world without. It's playtime. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which leads us also, again, I'm just following your book into ethics. So you do deal with the ethical side of yes. what we do. Yeah. And that was actually the hardest part for me because I almost wanted to start the book from the perspective of ethics because I think it's so fundamental, particularly in a world where uh, moral ambiguity is much more common, I think, than it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's one of the most important things that a, that an aware person can bring into their life is to actively think about the consequences of their actions, actions taken, actions not taken, and how it affects everything. And it's the hardest part about being a witch, I think, on every level. It's the hardest part about being a responsible person in the world. It's the world around you may not be acting very ethically we still have to. We have to. Yeah. But, yeah. Hail Marys won't help. Nope. Nope. <laughs> absolutely not. No. You know, apologizing doesn't help unless you also make reparation. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's, yeah. And, and it, it, that's even the science because I, I pull through it. It's like cause and effect, action and reaction. We can go science terms. We can go whatever. So that is good. Um, mm-hmm. And then you get, that's your foundation section into the book. And then you get into the practice. So whether we go through chapter or chapters, I know you do start talking about your mind. It's in our heads. And so. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so it's now we get into the doing part, you know, having sort of set things up. And I, I actually really feel like readers could just go through the first section and stop, you know, having sort of figured out how they want to work in the world and they don't actually want to uh do things with their practice. I mean, you know, that's, I think that's perfectly valid. Just having something, you you know, believe in that kind of gets you through. Uh, but, but the practice part is the, okay, so now you want to get into stuff. Now, yeah. now you want to do that magic that we were thinking about and, you know, make your ethics work <laughs> kind mm-hmm. of a little bit. Um, so I start think I start talking about okay these are various ways you can do things what's the difference between a spell and a ritual um, and 
here's some crafty ideas for literally with a big C craft for mm. worshiping or working in the world and, you know, making magic happen. Oh, that's beautiful. And you go yeah. into energy itself, energy work, since mm-hmm. that's everything we do. Kind of uh, the point, yeah. And tools and cre- and again, creating the sacred space that's going back and around. Um, and you have little, I, again, I'm just opening this up. And every time I see it, it's like, oh, and you'll go into history of something and you'll go into modern usage of something. So again, very, very different. So, so did you just yeah. do, uh, go on? No, I'm, go ahead. No, go. Ha. <laughs> huh? <laughs> no, no, you were starting to ask a question, please. I can't remember what it was. Um, mm. I'm good at this. No. <laughs> ah! <laughs> um, and, oh, no, there's your ink. Lamp black. Eggs. Egg yolk. Egg yolk is in ink? I learn something every day. I, I know. It's fascinating. It's it fascinating. is fascinating. Yeah. The, so, okay, I have to say... Yep. So going back to, um, yeah, there's little bits of research in there because partly because there's so much misinformation out there. I mean, uh, for example, in the ethics section, the Annette Har Nun, you know, classically known as the Wiccan Reed, you know, that was said by Gardner, the guy who founded Wicca, but he wasn't talking about that as an ethical precept for life he was talking very specifically about doing magic, which shifts the entire conversation as far as I'm concerned, because yeah, of course my magic should not harm. I mean, I gotta, you know, I gotta figure that out or I'm actually one of the very few people who's okay with hexing. Um, You just gotta be real clear about why you're doing it and what might come as a result. So, okay. So I don't actually generally recommend it for beginners, because you really kind of have to be very in tune with yourself and knowing what you're doing um, or it backfires in a lot of um, unusual uh, ways. <laughs> she said, thinking back to <laughs> when, when I got oh, started. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but you know, so if we're supposed to be doing this harm none when we just do magic, then you know, what are we carrying forward into the world? And where did this come from? And I think it's really interesting to know that it came in the 70s when witchcraft kind of came to America in a big way and started getting more popular. And people were very afraid of witches and witchcraft. So kind of the community said, we're just going to say harm none is our basic spiritual precept and, and you you can trust us because we it's like our it's like our 10 commandments you know like, you're not going to hurt anyone don't worry it's like yeah it's a little more complicated than that because now it's gotten boiled down and, and and like the 10 commandments just spouted as opposed to followed yeah so have a little history and understanding where that came from that's beautiful so what are some of the biggest uh, either pitfalls people fall into or biggest mistakes somebody, especially starting out on their practice or le- creating their practice? What are some things that people, uh, again, pitfalls or things that they worry that they shouldn't? I think the hardest thing is uh, is what I call imposter syndrome, which is that you, uh, 
it's sort of the witch version of it, which is that you feel like um, you're not doing it right. Uh, and so you doubt, like you, you see the doubt right in from the beginning. And, and that's really hard to get over. I mean, like that's, it's still a tricky one for me, 40 odd years later or something like that. I'm doing it because, you know, like, like do I actually own this power? Do I really have the decision-making ability here? Is this okay for me to do? Um, and for a newcomer, those questions feel huge because it's like, oh, if I do this, I could hurt someone and I won't know it. I don't, I can't, how can I trust? And it's like, look, you got, you got to trust. You got you to gotta trust Danny. You got to trust your divination tools. You've got to trust that it's okay to do. You have to trust that you're going to make mistakes and it's okay. There's a hard one. That's, that's a really tough one. Like it's, failures are fantastic learning experiences. I mean, and, and truly when you're just starting out, I don't think anyone, it's not like anyone's going to wreck the world. Okay. It's, I mean, that just doesn't happen uh, when you're just starting out. But I mean, but there might be some bad things that are not bad. I shouldn't say that. Um, unintended consequences. It's a much better way to put it. So, yeah. So I think those are kind of, and the pitfalls are really not thinking it through. Mm. You know, borrowing a spell from a book that you read and saying, oh yeah, you know, I want to, um, I want to charm birds. So I'm going to do this spell and all of the correspondences are weird or don't relate to you or have no meaning. So it's just words, yeah. you know? So, yeah. I love that. And this is true. So, yeah. Oh, you're talking, you go into seasons. Now, do you go into wheel of the year in itself or just seasons or do you talk people through? Honestly, I can't remember. Huh? <laughs> I can't remember what I write about with it. Oh, the, oh, that's okay. I'm, I see sorry. autumn embers and blue moon gazer and altar description. Seasonal altars. That is, yeah, that, that is going back to seasonal altars. Um, what am I write about the, I I, the I'm going to have to send you a copy of your book that you don't have. <laughs> I'm going to open up my draft on the computer and, and look okay. at what I wrote there. I just, oh, that's so funny. I went completely blank. That's okay. <laughs> okay. Sorry. <laughs> we can cut it out or we can leave it in. This is, it's this we is the part we're going to edit out. <laughs> we're witches. We're witches. We can. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So as a favor, yes, please edit that part out. Cause I just went completely blank on what that is. Huh. And I'm not going to open up anything else. Okay. Okay. So that is good. Um, all right. So I know you get, I, I just, cause I opened up this page and do a little uh, bibliomancy. You do get into gender biology and inclusivity. So I see that you're getting modern with things within this world that we, we must be. I really think it's impossible to work in a liminal space without acknowledging that those conversations have to happen. And that, uh, our old notions, quite honestly, of gender duality in that sort of constant duality of right, wrong, black, white, you know, is, is just not really doing us any favors anymore. <laughs> they, they were fine maybe as a beginner's model, 
but it's kind of time to move past that. And I, and I actually think a lot of uh, even really traditional uh, covens, Gardnerian covens, which are classically, you know, supposed to never be that duality. They're having those conversations. They're doing that work and they are working in different modalities because they realize that it's just, it's irrelevant on so many levels. Um, It's, it's a person's energy that is important, not their gender. Right. You know, or who they sleep with, Yeah, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and again, because it it is true. The next generations under under ours are different. They are so much more fluid. I've always thought I was pretty fluid, but they're really fluid. But then mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. wow, it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing. Um, I have to honestly thank my coven for uh, helping me do this work because they are very fluid. They are uh, doing this work themselves and. You know, I, we got to work together and they've brought me along and I loved it. I really, really have. Um, it's been this last couple of years in particular, we have really actively been doing a lot of work around uh, gender roles and who's doing what in the group and uh, shedding a lot of terminology that I'd kept for 20 plus years because that's what I learned. And it was time to just let it go. And that was a fascinating process in many, many ways. So speaking of your coven, and I know you have a cyber coven, is your coven cyber? Or do you guys meet for real? Are you all over the... (laughs) We are all over. Um, Well, right now I'm in Portugal. There's another member here in Portugal. Um, And then we have a variety of members in across Canada and throughout the United States. Uh, in the past, we've had people in Japan and Germany, France, uh, Martinique. Um, I think that pretty much covers the ones. Spain uh, has been in there. And so I've been very used to working with people across time zones. And yes, it's always been virtual all these years. Uh, we will meet sometimes in physical space, but that's more we're traveling. We have to be in the same place. You know, we connect with one another and seeing each other there. But our, I think coming out of the last two years of isolation and lockdown, a lot of people have learned that you can, in fact, actually make connections that are serious and real over the internet, yeah. you know, in, in virtual space. And it's kind of funny for me because that's literally what I've been doing the last 20 years. And a lot of people who used to say, oh, it's impossible to do magic online. So, now they're kind of saying, hey, you know, that, that virtual ritual we did was, was pretty good. It's like, yeah, you, you still raise energy. You still do the work. You still heal. Yeah. You were just ahead of work. Your, you were ahead of your time by 20 years. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. I, that's what I've discovered, too, just in the last two years. And um, both clients and working and even like my seances came online and they're just the same. It's like, how does this work? I started a school. I have a school and it's all over, which I really want you to teach at. Hint, hint, cross, cross, cross. We'll talk later. Uh, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, I think that's part of technology drives me crazy. I don't make me plug in anything to anything, but this magic, this magic, you in Portugal, me in Los Angeles, our listeners and watchers everywhere is magic in itself mm-hmm. and how energy it's, does flow. Exactly. Energy flows and it's, it's not perfect. 
it's not, I mean, you get in a room with 10 people holding hands and raising energy that way. It is very different from getting 10 people online, raising energy, but it's there and it's still directed. It still works. Um, and it still transforms, which is kind of the key. I think bottom line, I would have stopped doing this years ago. I'm too practical. Yeah. It, it didn't work. So it's too hard. Yeah, it's too, it is too hard. This is fascinating. So speaking of that, and I know this is your new book coming out with Llewellyn, which is guide to crafting your practice, but don't you have a book that deals with the online world of. I do actually. Thank you for asking about it. Um, uh, Way back in 2000, 2002, I wrote a book called the virtual pagan back in 2021. I rewrote it heavily revised it and brought it into the modern world. Uh, The original book talked about how exciting it was that we were having a 486 processor coming in our computers. Um, So very, very out of date. Um, And the new one talks as much about security and being safe online and keeping your privacy as it does about magic because it has shifted what we're doing and the tools we have available to us now to talk to one another, to communicate, to connect, literally to connect uh, are so much more uh, rich than they have been. And so yes, Virtual Pagan 2.0 available Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you can get it print on demand. Um, And uh, I'm actually very proud of that book. I will say it's, it's, um, it is, I'll have to revise it again in 10 years, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going to get that one too. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> uh, so um, this is, again, fascinating for so many of my people um, are, are new to the craft. And even if you're not new to the craft, I'm old to the craft and I'm excited about reading this. So tell people where, when they can get this, where they can get this, where they can find you. Um before we go. Thank you. Um, so it releases officially on October 8th. Um, so coming right up and it's available for pre-order now through all the usual channels. I highly recommend you go to independent bookstores and order through them. Um, and I'll just as a little plug here for orders, pre-ordering uh, sales of books makes a huge difference in how uh, the larger sellers <laughs> handle uh, book sales, their algorithms go crazy when a pre-sale kind of takes off. So um, that's a really wonderful way to support a, an author, actually, in many, many ways. And so it releases on October 8th. I can always be found at the very easy to remember lisamcherry.com. Uh, I've got a blog there that I write every couple of weeks, little bits of things that sometimes are magically related were interesting in the world. Um, you can always find out where I'm speaking, events. I am actually speaking at a couple of conferences coming up later this year. Uh, so you can find out more there. And I love talking to people and interacting with people. So it's a great place to just even ask me a question and check in on something. So that is fabulous. So you guys check her out, Lisa McCherry, get her books. What about social media? Are you on social media? I am on social media, Lisa McSherry, author. You can always find me on Facebook. And um, there's a really strange one on Instagram. It's McSherry Lisa or something like that. But you'll recognize my face uh, for all of those things. And that's a great way to follow me. Um, I am not on the TikTok or other things. I have vague plans to do something on YouTube going up in the future. But you would find out that about me uh, on my website. 
Right. Uh, all I can say is you would be great on TikTok because which time they get it wrong a lot. <laughs> that's I, what I'm told and that might be why I don't go there <laughs> oh oh, oh. <laughs> yeah so um anyway thank you thank you I am so excited to get to read this to meet you I do want to talk later so thank you Lisa McSherry you guys check out this book a witch's guide to crafting your practice create a magical path that works for you thank you Lisa thank you it's been a pleasure